Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Today we're talking about how to influence our adult kids without judging them. It's kind of a funny question if you think about it. Because influencing kind of implies that you are judging them. Like, I want to influence this decision or I want to influence your life or I want to influence, if you're trying to influence something, you're trying to change it, which means that for whatever reason, you don't like the way it is. That's one way of looking at influencing without judging. The topic for this came from our course where a parent said, basically, I want to still be an influence in my kids' lives. I still want to be a part of their lives. When they first became young adults, I could see that I was doing too much and they were asking me to just back off. So I said, okay, great. You live your life, all of mine. And I backed off so that they could have some space. But then I still wanted to have a relationship for them. I still wanted to have some sort of influence in their lives. Not like I wanted to go and change things, but I wanted to be a part of their lives and I wanted to have a relationship still. And I wanted them to be able to come to me. All of those things make sense. So what we're talking about is how do we have that kind of of influence and not judge them? The influence partly because we have more experience than they do. We've lived longer than they have. And so we want to be able to share some of that wisdom. But they also have their own lives and they need to get out from under our control and our influence. Even if we weren't extra controlling, there's always the transition from childhood to adulthood. And that transition always involves separating yourselves into two different people. And it's always a painful process. It's just part of the way it is to become your own person. One of the parts of this process is something called differentiation. It's this active ongoing process. It doesn't just happen all at once. It takes a while. And it's partly about defining yourself as a person, separating yourself as a person. And it happens for both the youth and for the parent. It's also about kind of revealing yourself, saying out loud the things that you actually want, stating your wants, stating who you are. It also really involves clarifying your boundaries, both the youth's boundaries and the parent's boundaries. What are the new boundaries here in this new relationship? It's like you're redefining a relationship. And differentiation always also comes with emotions and with anxiety because sometimes you're pulling back a little bit and separating a little bit and that's going to be painful for both of you in different ways. And sometimes you're opening up with greater intimacy about things that you hadn't opened up with before. Maybe your youth is telling you things that um, they hadn't admitted to you before or maybe you're telling them more things and being more vulnerable, vulnerable to them so that they can see you as a human being instead of just as mom or dad. The main outcome of this idea of differentiation is that you don't need your kids to make you happy and they don't need you to make them happy. It's not your job to make them happy. Everybody's emotions are their own job. They're in charge of and responsible for their own emotions. You're in charge of and responsible for your own emotions, which is really freeing once you get this concept down. Because then when you do something that disappoints or irritates your kids, 
you can take a look at your own actions and see if they align with your values and what you want to do and how you want to show up. And their disappointment and frustration can be theirs. You don't have to make it better. You don't have to change what you're doing to make it better. And the same thing is the other way around. When they do something that disappoints or frustrates you, it's your job to handle your own disappointment and frustration. One of the best things I've been able to say to my adult kids is whatever you do, I'm going to be happy either way because I have my own life. Your life is not my life. You get to choose your life. I get to choose mine. I would love to have a relationship, but whatever you choose isn't going to ruin my life or make me unhappy. I might get unhappy or frustrated or whatever as an emotion that I experience when this choice happens, when I see you do this, but it's temporary. Emotions are just a wave. And so I might be upset for an hour, maybe a day, but I'm going to get over it and I'm going to move on. And so I'm going to be okay without you. I think that's a really strong message we can send to our kids. I'm going to be okay without you. And as surprising as that is, it sounds the opposite of trying to influence them without judging, but being okay without them takes off the pressure. And when they don't feel the pressure, the influence actually increases because they're more willing to listen and they don't feel like they're being pressured or judged. In both my research and in my personal experience, I've found several ways where we can influence other people, things that help our influence to actually resonate and be felt. One is to not be reactive to anything that they say or do to just cut the reactivity because when you're not reactive, then the space becomes safer and more open. And then whatever it is you are trying to say becomes more easily heard. Another thing is we can be emotionally curious when our kids get upset, instead of reacting to that, become curious about what it is that triggered or upset them. When we become upset, the same thing, become emotionally curious about what triggered or upset us in that conversation and hang in there in the conversation or maybe take a short break from it because either one of you have been triggered, but instead of letting those emotions get away from us, we just become curious about them. Another really powerful thing that we can do is to use stories, to have a story toolbox. And I know that sometimes we tell our family stories too often, um, we used to have a thing in our family where they'd say, okay, dad, lecture number 37. We would fake number them because we would hear the same stories when we were trying to get the same points across. That's how we would give our lessons or whatever. But when you tell a story in order to make a point, especially a story that they haven't heard before, it comes across better. And I always get permission first. If we're talking about something difficult and I have some advice, I'll either say, Hey, do I have some advice. I have some thoughts. Are, are you willing to hear this? And if they say no, you say, okay, no worries. And you just move on to the conversation to something else. That's a little bit painful at first to have them say, no, I don't want advice, but they're kind of testing you to see if you really will stop talking and just move on to something else. The other thing you can do is ask permission to tell a story. Hey, can I tell you a story? I've got a couple stories that relate to this. And so when you tell your story, they see the point behind the story you're telling them about how you learned whatever it is you're trying to tell them. And instead of saying, I think you should do this or shouldn't do this, you just say, here's what happened to me. And they can see the connections. They can see the principles that apply and figure it out for their own lives. That's been useful for me. It's also helpful if you want to have influence to be vulnerable and real. 
we need to step off of our parenting pedestal. Not that we put ourselves up there, but our kids sometimes put us up there. When our kids are young, they see us as these big, flawless, powerful beings. And sometimes it's helpful to have that persona and whatever the rest of the persona is, if it's not big and powerful and flawless, we still kind of put on a parenting role and we put on a parenting persona in order to operate with our kids. It's time to take that off. When our kids become adults, we want to become peers. And so we want to be more vulnerable and more real. Tell them what's going on in your lives. It doesn't mean you have to admit every you know, flaw from your past or every immoral transgression. You just though want to be real about what you're actually feeling and how you are as a person and what it's like for you and new stories about what's going on in your life. Another thing that you can do is to remind them about what your intentions are. Remind them that, hey, you're an adult, so remember you get to choose here. We're having a discussion, but I'm not the parent. You get to choose here. You're, you're an adult and have to figure out your own life now. Or remind them, I'm not trying to force you. I'm giving an, a, an idea or a suggestion, but you don't have to take it. We're just having a conversation here. I don't want you to feel that pressure that we sometimes felt when you were a kid. I think another thing that we can do if we want to increase our influence with our young adult kids is to improve our communication, um, not just with actual communication techniques, but also just be a better conversationalist. We can become more interesting people to talk to. If we just have conversations about the same old stuff, it gets boring for them. Have something new to bring to the conversation. It could be something about their lives. Maybe they've mentioned a podcaster before or a particular um, music artist they like or something else that's going on, maybe even a political person that they like. And actually listening to their stuff, listening to their YouTubers, listening to their podcasters, whatever it is that they're listening to, or even following some of their Instagram feeds that they like, gives you a little window into their world and makes you more interesting to talk to. Plus you can have your own stuff. There's nothing better than saying, hey, I've got this new thing that I'm working on. When they see you as a person with your own life beyond parenting, it helps them relax and relieves them of the responsibility a little bit to try to make you happy. I think one of the last things about influencing our young adult children is that our kids and really any other family member or any other person, they experience our behavior and our actions, not our intentions. Other people experience our actions, our words, not our intentions. So even though we may be well-intentioned with what we're doing or what we're saying, if that's not how they experience it, then that's the reality is they're not experiencing it that way. And for me, what that means is that I might be part of the problem, acknowledging that anything we do see in our kids that we wanna shift or we wanna influence and we see behaviors that are frustrating for us, we are part of that cycle. In Arizona, we have an Anasazi program, which is like a wilderness walking, um, ad not adventure, but experience for kids who are having behavior issues. And so they go out with these counselors and instructors who walk with them and who talk with them. And at the same time, while they're out for a couple of weeks in the wilderness, having this life-changing experience, the parents are home undergoing a lot of intensive training because the parents are part of the cycle. The kids might come home with a whole new experience, but if they meet the same parent who's doing the same things, then they're gonna fall back into the same kinds of patterns. 
One of the questions they ask these parents in the Anasazi program is, how have I contributed to their pain? And when I first heard about that question from a friend who was going through this program, I was a little bit frustrated. I was like, are you kidding me? This kid is causing so much pain and turmoil in your life. What is with you saying, how have I caused their pain? But what happens is when you actually acknowledge that, you acknowledge your part in the cycle and that you are part of the problem. It's a little bit humbling. It can be painful, but it is so powerful because if you're a part of the problem, that means that you can be a part of the solution. Instead of trying to change your kid, you can focus on changing you. Boyd K. Packer, who is an educator and also an apostle of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, said this, parents, can we first consider the most painful part of your problem? If you want to reclaim your son or daughter, then why don't you leave off trying to alter your child for just a little while and concentrate on yourself? The changes must begin with you, not with your child. You can't continue to do what you've been doing even though you thought it was right and expect to unproduce some behavior in your child when your conduct was one of the things that produced it. There, it's been said. After all the evading, all the concern for wayward children, after all the blaming of others, the care to be gentle with parents, it's out. It's you, not the child that needs immediate attention. I absolutely love this quote because it acknowledges that we're part of the problem. And that if we can face that within ourselves and face that hard truth, then we can be part of the solution. And my favorite phrase in there is that you can't continue what you're doing even though you thought it was right. And I noticed that in myself that I would think I'm gonna do this with good intentions and the behavior that I was doing because I thought it would help and I thought it was right, it wasn't helping. So when our helping isn't helping, we can face that and realize that we're not influencing our children for good. We're influencing them to walk away from us, to not listen to us sometimes with the way that we behave. So taking a good look at that and recognizing that we're part of the problem, I think is the first step into being part of the solution. Adjusting to having an adult child from having a child at home is a hard process. It's hard for everybody. We all have to differentiate, to separate ourselves, to create our new identities. And there's a lot to these new roles. And we're going to have to adjust to some of the surprise and the hurt of them having their own life where we're not included. And they're going to have to adjust to the surprise and the hurt of them having their own life and us having our own life and, and carving out this new relationship between us. But it really is carving out a new relationship. And so while we might mourn and feel sad about losing our old relationship, we can turn that energy into creating and forging a new one, a relationship that's built on respect, a relationship that is built on communication as peers, a relationship where we ask permission to give our kids advice, a relationship where we let them have their own space, but we don't just back off completely. And it's something that we can do together and forge together. It takes a lot of time and effort to really look inside ourselves, a lot of personal work, and also to learn how to communicate in new ways with our kids. But that effort is worth it. It's going to forge a new relationship between you and your adult kid. So worth the effort. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. 
I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.